Sports are back, baby. We got the NBA bubble, the WNBA wobble. We have Major League Baseball trying to get going. We have UFC fights breaking off. We have the MLS playing. Guys, it's here. Sports is back after such a long layoff. Don't miss out on the coverage. You're going to miss things. There's a lot going on. So make sure you subscribe to The Athletic and you can save 40% off. Don't miss exclusive, in-depth coverage of the unprecedented sports season we're about to experience. Subscribe now and save. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, the reporting, the storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go now to theathletic.com slash Brody and the Beard, you can receive 40% off an annual subscription. Sports are back and you won't want to miss the breaking stories on your favorite teams. So go to theathletic.com slash Brody and the Beard for 40% off of annual subscription. We hope to see you there. On today's episode of Brody and the Beard, Kelly and I are going to talk about Eric Gordon's injury. We're going to talk about the upcoming schedule and who we're watching for in the restart. If the offense is triangular, it's something like a prism. Put you on that lockdown defense like a prison. Hakeem was the dream. The MVPs must be his children. They won 22 games in a row. That's a rhythm. Triple-double rust, man. I need you to acknowledge he don't do this for the optics, man. He do this for the rock, kid. Welcome to a new episode of Brody and the beard i'm your host mo dekeel and with me as always is my man on the ground finally getting his mic to work kelly eco how are you doing doing better now we had some technical difficulties but we're, we're up and rolling don't say we you no we, my we're team no, no 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 if i'm struggling if i'm works. struggling you're struggling and vice versa because nah, if it was you I, I, I would carry that burden for you so i really doubt that kelly don't, don't do uh, that <laughs> But you're listening to us on the Athletic Podcast Network. Kelly's the beat writer for the Athletic, covering the Houston Rockets. And man, they had a in their last scrimmage, they had the one thing we hoped they'd be able to avoid. Man. Eric Gordon rolled his ankle in the third quarter. Uh, reports are X-rays are negative. It sounds at the early point he he could be out one to two weeks. It could be longer. Who knows? Kelly, what have you heard so far? Let's just start on the reporting side. What have you heard so far? Um, so I actually Rockets? talked to them right before you got on this call with me. They said there's some swelling. The, the biggest thing that they had hoped for was not a lot of swelling because that indicates that something's wrong. Um, they said it's it's bad, but it's not that it's not terrible. I think if it was like a grade three, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor, but the grade three sprint I believe is the 46 weeks, correct? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they said he's in good spirits, um, just some swelling, and he should hope to be back in a couple of weeks. Right, okay. Okay. Well, what was your first reaction when you saw him go down? Oh wow, it was it was terrible because one. And you know this more, better than anybody because that was the same ankle he had problems with uh, during the Clippers. The immediate reaction is, oh, not again. Because you're seeing Eric Gordon had a pretty difficult year from an injury standpoint, from a production standpoint. This was the worst year of his career, as he, as he told me. You were hoping that he had turned a corner. He had lost weight. You know, the Rockets had talked about what they wanted to do with him going forward, like the new wrinkles in the offense, getting him on the floor with just the, the second unit. They had big plans for him, you know. They've talked about him as an X factor. And now with the injury, and I wrote this today, it's almost like an uncertainty inception where you already have the uncertainty of the bubble. You don't know how the season will play out. There are so many factors that you can't account for. And now with Eric Gordon going down, you don't know how long he's going to be out. 
You don't know how he'll fare once he does come back. And you don't know how the team will fare with the games that he'll miss because he's going to miss Dallas. He'll probably miss Portland, the Bucks, and the Lakers. And those are four games the Rockets can't afford to lose, you know, ground on in the Western Conference as is. But they're already going to have to do it without, you know, a key piece. I mean, first off, my first reaction, because I think I took my eyes away from the TV and then looked back and then saw him grabbing his ankle. But my first reaction was I thought he was grabbing his Achilles. Yeah. And, and... That was the, that was the initial reaction with a lot of people. Dick. Yeah, and the, and 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 I just stopped. I just was just like, "This is the worst." And his reaction wasn't very good. You know, he he was in a lot of pain. He he was on the ground for a long time. Had to be carried off the court. It was it was very nerve wracking when I was watching it. And it, you know, I I just kept when I saw the replay. Finally, I said, "Okay." It, and it looks like he rolled his ankle. Hopefully it's not worse. Obviously, like you said, you're not a doctor. I only play one on TV. So I couldn't quite diagnose it uh, right there on, on, on camera. So I was pretty nervous just in that guard. So when we were getting reports that x-rays were negative, you know, it could be anywhere from one to two weeks to four to six. I was like, all right, at least it's not out for a year. So I was I was happy about that. But it's a huge blow like you talked about, talked about. You know, we've talked about it in other podcasts. Like this was one of the wrinkles they were going to throw out there. They're going to have him play without Harden and Russ and have him kind of take control of the offense. So it's a bit of a big blow and like you touched on. I mean, this could have him out for the all eight games of the restart. Yeah, and if that happens, you know, Mike D'Antoni talked about who kind of picks up the slack. You know, it's going to be a, a job by committee. I talked to a Rocket source today who said the bulk of the responsibility goes to Austin Rivers now because they do need that ball handling out there with Russ. And Austin looked good in the game yesterday, 14 points, uh, hit two threes, looked pretty good for his first uh, action in almost four months. But, you know, I wonder just how they're going to cope because, yeah, if you do put Ben McLemore in the starting lineup, he does give you some shooting. Um, and... The hope is that with the new stuff they're putting in the offense, that he'll be able to be an additional threat, you know, coming off, you know, double drags, stuff like that. But Eric Gordon is a different breed when it comes to just his whole skill set. You know, as that third guard, that third scoring guard in that lineup, he gives them a different look. Now, granted, he hasn't been used in the way that he should have been, you know, throughout the season, but he was hurt. But the hope was that he was going to be used more. So now you have to kind of adjust and take a step back and plan for a lineup that has Ben McLemore. Could it have Daniel House? You know, could we see more work for Jeff Green and others? I just wonder how they're going to approach the whole job by committee. I mean, it's a blow for sure, just because of everything you touched on, like all the things he does. And that doesn't even mention, you know, what he does defensively as well. You know, it it's a it's going to be a big issue. There is no, even the committee is never going to make up fully what Eric Gordon can bring to the table. This is part of the the Rockets having to readjust. They got to figure it out on the fly. This is how the game works. You know, in this scenario, this is actually kind of at least a, a, just a basketball injury that we're, we understand happens from time to time. So now they got to figure this thing out. It also is a blow to their rotations, you know, in the sense of we were talking about D'Antoni talking about going nine man deep and now one of his key guys is out, you know, does the rotation, sw- you know, kind of slide down to eight, you know, or, or, or even worse. Like it's, it's stuff to really kind of keep an eye on in terms of them going forward. There was one thing you said about the wrinkles and them running more st- ball movement actions and things like that. And our boy, Ali Khan Bajani, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm pulling a Kelly Eco there. What? what yeah. Doing a little coughing there. Uh, <laughs> is, our- <laughs> is, that my, is that my trademark? 
You know, everybody that's, tells that's, me. I mean, I can't it, help it, but yeah. It's 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 that and your turtlenecks, Kelly. Hey, folks, most of you are in and around the city of Houston because, you know, we're a Houston podcast. We talk about the Houston Rockets, talk about James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and the whole squad. And what better way to promote your business than through our show? Our listeners are loyal and engaged just like you. So why not advertise on your favorite podcast? To advertise on this show, it's very, very easy. Go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads. There you can fill out a very simple form. We'll get back to you right away. So go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads today, and I'll be reading your ads next week. Friend of the show, Ali Kambajani, you know, had put out a, uh, a video of, you know, an action he had never seen the Rockets run before, which was like a, a triple pin down for James Harden. Um, you know, and, and, and just, they're trying new things. They're getting hard and working off the ball and things like that. Overall, I've liked what I've seen from the scrimmages, you, you know, in terms of how they've looked as a team. But I want to ask you, Kelly, going into the restart, you know, who's the Rockets most important player? We've seen so far so good from the scrimmages in terms of things they're trying to add in the offense. Now, I wonder if the Eric Gordon injury changes some stuff. I wonder if he kind of falls back on his old habits. Do they go heavy ISO? I I would hope not, but he's going to be the most important player because everyone knows that James is ready to go. Everyone knows Russ is ready to go. But the way Mike handles his rotations, the way he handles the play calling, that'll determine how they cope with this Eric Gordon injury and how they how far they advance in the bubble. Yeah, see, I have a little bit of a different take. I think it's and and you're right. That's a good one. There's no question about that. I think the guy I'm really kind of keeping an eye on is Russell Westbrook. I think he's the most important rocket for the restart. And the way I look at it is it's going to be on him more than James. We know what we're going to get from James. James has been phenomenal in in these three scrimmages. He had 30 points in the first half yesterday. Now, granted, it was you know, basically Boston's G League team, but he's locked in. He's shooting it well. He's he's all in in this scenario and, and ready to roll. Russ has looked kind of uh, rusty, and part of it is you know he's he's been out right and 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 kind of came in a little bit late and and all of that stuff, and we understand why in the scenario and things like that. Yesterday was the first game where I felt like okay, he's looking better. He had eight assists, but still four turnovers. But shot it a little better and things like that. But we've talked about it many times. This new system, this five out, it's all about Russ. And if Russ isn't killing it the way he was in February and March, it slowly starts to fall apart, you know? And and that's why it's for me, it's that's why he's probably the most important rocket going forward in these games, you know, just because if he's if he's rolling, that adds another dimension. They can they can lose games with Harden scoring 40 points. We've seen them do that. You know what I mean? Like we know what we're going to get from James. It's can Russ make them pay, you know, and, and and make it easier for James to get an easy 35 or 40 versus a difficult 40. I want to ask you about, you know, Russ, because in the games we've seen, I, I kind of want to get your opinion on what he's done in terms of there have been some plays where the ball ends up with him in the corner, taking a corner three. The defense isn't paying much attention to that. How do you see that going forward? Do you, do you expect him to operate – mainly in his preferred spots in the post and attacking downhill? Or if you're an opposing coach, do you want to, of course you want to see him taking those threes, but if you're the Rockets, how much of those do you want him to take? I mean, it's, it's a delicate balance. I think the stuff with Russ and where I want him on the court, like if he has an open corner three, I I want him taking that. That's a shot I think he can make. I I wish I pulled up the numbers and, and saw what he's shooting from the corners. 
Uh, it's got to be better than above the break. It's just closer. But, you know, him in the corner opens up other things. You know, there is a I put it up on my Twitter account yesterday. You know, the the lob pass from Harden to, to Russ was off of Harden coming off a pick and roll and Russ cutting from the corner. Yeah. And, and I think that's that might be where I'd want to see it more from him, uh, you know, but teams are going to lay off him from the, the, the corners and uh, anywhere at the three-point line. The stuff I don't want to see from him, and they did it again a couple of times yesterday, is dribbling down from half court into the post. I'd rather them run an action to get him into the post to get the defense moving. I think there's a difference between, you know, that kind of just being a static post up and a and a, a, a dynamic one. And, and, and I think there's big in- differences there. And I think that's kind of the stuff you've talked about it They're They want Russ in the post. They want him to try to create out of the post for other guys and things like that. I'm skeptical that's going to work, but I think the part or Russ at his best is going downhill and that's in transition. That's in, you know, when teams send two guys to James and he hits Russ and that's Russ gets to go attack. That's Russ at his best. And that's what we saw a lot. And it, it the, really part of the best basketball he's played for most of his career, at least most efficient was when he was doing that. So that's the stuff I think we we need to see a lot more of. Apart from Russ being important, who's one guy that could surprise you in the bubble? For me, um, I think it's Ben McLemore. I think he hasn't defended well this year, but if he can provide enough, I guess, spacing and shooting consistently, I do think this is the kind of situation and environment um, where a hot streak can turn the tide of a game. Uh, I do think that these guys will be incredibly important in the bubble, especially if he starts, because... It's, it's unsure if he's going with Daniel House or Ben, although he did say, and I've known this for a while, but the reason why Mike D'Antoni likes Daniel House off the bench is because they expect him to also spot minutes at the four, the backup four. So when Tucker or Covington's getting a rest, Daniel House can come in and take those minutes. So if he does end up starting Ben McLemore, I do want to see if he could be kind of not the X factor, but just another factor, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. I'm going to give you two names of guys I'm watching and I'm kind of cheating and not giving you who can who can surprise me. But the other thing I'm going to watch for is is how Tucker and Covington play throughout this cuz they got to battle big guys. They got to deal with Look, first game off the bat is Porzingis. Next game is is <laughs> is Giannis. Nerd? Oh, is Nerd? Oh, is it Bucks? It's Bucks. Okay, Bucks. You're, 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 the, 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 if you're looking at the Google schedule, uh, schedule the way I am, it's, it's, it's left, right, down, left, right, down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's Mavs and Porzingis, and, 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 you know, that's a big guy. You have the Bucks with Giannis and Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez. You know, you have the, the Trailblazers with, with Nurkic now, who, who's rolling, as well as Zach Collins and then Hassan and Whiteside have, off the bench. The Lakers. Lakers with AD. Howard, uh, JaVale McGee, like, you know, just the first first four games off the bat can take a lot out of these guys. So, you know, there's the watching these guys battle against those teams like that's really going to be something to watch. And I'm curious to see how the, how their legs continue on. They're shooting it pretty well again. They're shooting it pretty well, but, but you know, their uh, transition defense was is pretty awful. Oh, the transition defense is terrible. It was we, and it was awful to see against the Celtics B team. Like I know yeah. that they actually didn't care about that game, but that that's not an excuse when you've done that all year. So you can't really you can't really say, oh, they were playing the Celtics reserves, so they didn't really care. no. They've done this all year in terms of transition defense, so I think it's going mean, to be a problem. All of those things have to sharpen up, but I'm just curious to see how they hold up, especially the first four games, and and we're going to talk about it on the the pods next week as as we get into games. But you know, how does their 
f- f- energy level hold up, you know, and, and, and the shot's one of the first thing to go because that's your legs, you know, and that's, that's where we can start to see some struggles there. So that's another area I'm, I'm, I'm kind of keeping an eye on. Overall, I think I'm excited because, you know, hell yeah, NBA <laughs> games are bike. No, so they're, they're back. Oh gosh, another Kelly cough. Um, oh, hey, wow, okay, let's let's nip that in the bud. We're not nope, gonna. Nope, we're nope, not. Nope, nope. We are I have not to hear all these coughs. Kelly, coughs. I have to hear these on every podcast. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to I'm going to not let this die. Um, <laughs> uh, let's let's do it. NBA's back. First two games: Rockets, Mavs, Bucks, Rockets. Who do you have in those two games? I think they can split. I think they can beat Dallas. I, I, I do think so. Um, I think just the sheer will of the opening game, although they might be pummeled on the inside by Porzingis a great deal, I do think they can beat Dallas. Now, Milwaukee, eh, not so much. That might, <laughs> that might be a blowout. But Dallas, I, th- I think they'll go one-on-one. I think if, if in these four games, if they can split, although it's not ideal because you want to kind of get out of that sixth seed, it's better than going on four which they could go. So Right. Well, I think the, the thing people need to understand is also how important this Rockets-Mavs game is right off the bat. Because the Mavs you know, are right behind on the heels. Right Mavs there. are right behind them. And if, they, and if the Mavs win that game, that, that is more pressure now applies to the Rockets, you know? And I think that's kind of the attitude there and, and, and something to keep out because nobody wants to play the Clippers, right, nobody in the first round. And the Rockets especially don't want to play the Clippers. Yeah, so, you know, so I think that's something that's the, the motivating factor there. So I'm with you on the one-and-one, one, though. I think uh, the, the one thing that really concerns me, Kelly, is now that they have to figure out the rotations on the fly you know, without a game before this, you know, so that's something that kind of worries me a little bit and, and seeing how guys are going to step up to their relatively new role. So that's something I, I worry about, but I'm with you. I think one and one as big as Porzingis is, he's not a post-up guy. I think he'll kill you on the boards and maybe in the paint defensively, but you know, I think they have, they have enough. I think that they can beat the Mavs. I'm with, not so much, (laughs) but, but I want to ask you this though, given your extensive history with NBA teams does does the committee by approach work yeah it depends on the situation it's it's let me put it this way you never can fully replace one of your injured guys right like you know it's not and what tends to happen is it changes the rotation okay fine Ben McLemore let's say he's the guy who starts and he does well you know, but now it changes your rotation on the bench because now that's one guy off the bench you're not using. You know, it it changes things all around. So, you know, you you may be able to make up the numbers just on a pure statistical basis, but like it still hurts you because now it's minutes are, are, are adjusted and roles are adjusted and guys have to figure out how to deal with it. Minutes are adjusted and roles are adjusted and guys are going to have to figure out how to deal with that. And I think that's something that uh, – we always say like it, it's just the tagline every coach uses, right? Right. It's it's that and next man up, right? It's the cliches that everybody uses, and I don't know if it always kind of comes to fruition like that. I think that's it for this show, folks. Next time we're on a podcast together, we're gonna have played a couple of Rockets games. We're gonna have actual games. Games are gonna have mattered, and I. That was a terrible rendition of what Kelly was trying to do there. I I don't know what that was. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you can't do that. Is what we is is clearly what you just did. I can do it. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, for for Kelly Eco, for producer Mike Smeltz, for me Mo DeKeel, we out.